So welcome to episode 35 of the Family Base Pod. My name's Jake. And he's Dallas. He's Dallas. I am, of course, Ben. Jake, this is the Frank Thomas episode. The Anthony That's Thomas right. episode. Right. Yeah. Everybody named Thomas in Chicago episode 35. And our last host is on his first episode. I'm Dave. David, let's go. Let's do this. I'm ready. Coming live. Right, so, <laughs> yeah. And Dave is the White Sox fan. So we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about the White Sox at some point. So we'll team suck right now, so we'll get there. Um you know, last week as we recorded and released the episode, that same day is our last episode, the Hall of Fame announcer Ben Scully died. The Hall of Fame announcer for the Dodgers at one time, the Brooklyn Dodgers, he died uh, last Wednesday. And I want to ask you guys this one question. What's a call or a moment from his career that sticks out to you that maybe people should go back and visit? Ben, what do you think? What's a, a call or a moment? I would say the Kirk Giggs. Kirk Kirk Gibson home run in what was it? Game seven of the World Series against the A's, or that game was one? Game one. Game one. Game one. Yeah, but Kirk Gibson was all fucked up. He had the broken legs. His legs were all jacked up. He could barely walk. And then he goes deep off Eckersley, and it's obviously an iconic play in baseball history. But then you have Vin Scully, who is obviously a Dodgers announcer at that point in time, um, because he is also the voice of baseball. He's getting the call of the game causes it and and it's uh it's a really good moment it's really cool i mean but you you could go back like you said i mean he was calling games in 1950s so you could go back literally before we were a twinkle in our dad's eyes to even you know find a game but david dow says any other memory or or cause that got to you the biggest um you know broadcasting persona fan but i would say i mean what would stand out to me probably would be something like him calling like a koufax no hitter or something like that would be probably pretty up there i mean koufax is probably one of my favorite uh players for those that don't know um so that would definitely be one of them Dallas got some uh yeah you know uh uh, probably. I mean, how could you pick one? <laughs> how could you pick just one? So true. How so true. You? I mean, really, I mean, all of them have a little bit of gold. So, if I had to recommend, just watch every single game that he's ever thrown out. Really, that's the way to do it. Dive in. That's smart. That's it. You know, since I've moved out to the LA area. Um, the Vince, Vince Gully is talked about, um, <clears throat> they said it wasn't a, a man, wasn't a broadcaster that was calling games for, for baseball. As one person said, it was like hearing the voice of God, which I would disagree with, 
but I think it's something we, it tells you it tells Maybe you it how is. revered it tells you how revered he is in in LA, but also in this country that we even know who he is. He's been right. He called games for sixty-seven years. Yeah, I'm surprised Ben didn't go with a uh, like a Jackie Robinson call out or something. I would have sure, but Red Barber was the announcer for when oh. Jackie first started. I mean, Vin Scully started three years, I think, after Robinson. Yeah. I just looked this up. I don't, I don't, don't, I don't want to act like I know this shit off the top of my head. But I looked this up when I looked up Vin Scully, uh, Vin Scully's yeah, passing the other uh, last week. Um. Yeah, like Red Barber was obviously like he got hired on. Um, Vin got hired on as like the color guy, mm, like okay. essentially the Steve Stone to Hawk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Learned from Red Barber, who's obviously one of the famous, most famous radio guys of all time. And then when Red Barber retired or left, he um, Vince Scully took over and then just stayed. But, um, anyways, yeah, it, 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 you know, I'm, I, that just sounded pretentious. I didn't. I don't know. That's not what I meant to do. I'm just saying. Well, Ben, something else you brought you brought uh, to our memories was that Sunday was the 15th anniversary of Barry Bonds breaking the home run record. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we don't talk about it at all. Like, it's not a remembered day in baseball history. Like, you can ask people the day that Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. That's an important day. You can ask people, you know, what day did... Lou Gehrig delivered his iconic speech, and that was obviously, you know, have to be on a holiday, but right around the same time. And it, it's, just, it's just one of those things that nobody really gives a shit about. And I think, I, I wonder if it's because people don't like Barry Bonds as a whole, like if they just think he's an asshole, or if it's just because the record's tainted, or, or, in, or in their eyes it's tainted because it's the, you know, it's steroid shit, or, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's one of the most important baseball milestone statistics you know things in in the history of a sport that's going on 200 years and nobody talks about it nobody cares about it it's not an important day it's not revered like other sports signifying like signal moment days i guess i don't know dave why is that and i think like i've been touched on i think people generally probably as a whole dislike barry bonds as a person and I think that people are still stuck on the steroid stigma when everyone in the 90s in that time point was doing steroids. Like, it's funny Ben mentioned because, like you said, um, no one talks about, like, that day being the record when he broke it and whatnot. People still talk. You'll still see, like, clips of them talking about the 90s when, like, McGuire was beating out Sosa for the home run race in, like, 98 and all that shit. But right. you don't hear much about Bonds, you know, ultimately breaking the all-time record and stuff and... I think that has a lot to do with, you know, people generally as a whole dislike Barry Bonds. So let me ask you, let me ask you a quick follow up real quick, Jake. Sorry. Is it because, because I'm thinking back to like when that in 98, when McGuire and Sosa were doing the the home run race. Mm -hmm. I remember it being must see TV. Like I have a vivid, like burned into my brain memory that the, Three of us, Dan included, were in the street playing on Spruce when we were living across the street from each other. Yeah. yeah. And your mom coming out of my yeah. house, screaming at us because McGuire was coming up the bat, and then we got to go and watch him hit the home mm-hmm. run. 
why yeah. has it happened? Like, so, that was insane to me. That was a thing. Like, I don't know if it's because we got a little bit older and we got more jaded. And then by by time Bonds was, like, doing this and, and setting the record, well, steroids was such an ugly thing that he became so shrouded in, like, as, like, the poster boy for the whole thing, which I think is such an unfair thing that got yeah. put on him. I, I do think while it was going on and live in the moment, it was still must-see TV. Everyone, you know, games that weren't any. I think like any sports, like on Sports Center stuff, they would always cut the wooden bombs and that type of stuff. I just think, as after the fact, it's not revered or kept in the same light. Like people, like I said, generally just don't give a shit about it now. It seems like, and I think that has a lot in part to do with, you know. People disliking Barry Bonds and the whole steroid stigma and all everything you know, everything that comes with it. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta think them. It's not even that. It to me, it's not even that he's disliked, which he is. It's just that he's so synonymous with steroids. I think that's just what it is, and that's kind of where it's gonna be. Um, I mean, do you remember how unfair it was when people were literally throwing needles onto the field like so in front crazy. of him? Like that's crazy to think. I about. actually read it. I read an article. I was maybe I read an article. Or I was watching some other documentary or something about. It. They were talking like he basically someone had interviewed or talked to him, and like he was basically pissed that he was, you know, still doing it all natural and still getting outshined by McGuire and Sosa. And those- yeah, it was in the baseball documentary by Ken Burns. Yeah, yeah. clearly on juice and, like, no one gave a shit. So he said, well, fuck it. I'm going to go out and get mine and, you know, I'll get juice to the moon and I'm going to come out and or 70, you know, 70 plus home of the season. I just saw something the other day and it was showing, like, the breakdown, like, prior to him going – to the Giants and like you know getting on steroids, he was like a three-time MVP, like seven-time Gold Glover, like can't He was a for sure All of Famer prior to even going to San Francisco. Yeah, first ballot. I mean, we talked about him multiple times. He, you know, on our uh, on our old show, he uh, he was insane, dude. MVPs, gold gloves, redefining what 40-40 meant. Like, the first guy yeah. to ever do 40-40. Yeah. Just literal insanity. Like, as, as crazy hype as we must be, or we are, about, like, Nico had an RBI single, Cubs up 4-1. As Ooh. excited as we are about, like, Shohei and Trout, and as, as amazing and, like, enraptured we are, imagine all of them kind of mashed together in one dude in fucking Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. The yeah. armpit. Oh, don't even get me started. I'm coming for you, mm. Milwaukee. I'm coming for you mm. later, you bitch. But <laughs> um, he, he did all of that in Pittsburgh and then hit the free agent market and was like, you're going to pay me everything that I'm worth because I am the best player in baseball. Yeah. Giants paid him. And the rest was fucking history. He never played for another team after that. But... Uh, and he should have, dude. Look at his last numbers that he played. There's not a single reason why an American League team couldn't have picked him up and let him DH more. He got blackballed out of baseball at the end of his career. I believe that. I believe that because his numbers are too good to not have on uh, a major league team at that point. I agree. Kim, I feel like we've lasted way longer on Barry Bonds than I think I anticipated. So 
Hey. You guys mind if we actually talk a little bit more? We can do whatever yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just fired up about yeah. Barry Bonds, I guess. I mean, I yeah, I think I mean we agree. Simply put, uh, this usually is when we talk about the Cubs, but at the very end, I already had planned talking about the White Sox, so we will come to them. So, Dave. Fire away, whatever opinion you have. Uh, they're they're playing like shit right now. Uh, I think it starts at the top. Tony La Russa, <laughs> sleep sleepy Tony is uh, <laughs> falling asleep sl- asleep by the first pitch. And I I was listening to uh, I don't know if you guys know who Jason Goff is I, I love him I listen to his podcast I was listening to his podcast at the gym earlier, and he brought up how I guess Stoney went onto the score and was trying to make excuses for why it was the like production team for them. It was it was their fault that they captured that shot of you know Tony Larusa like falling asleep and they should they shouldn't they should have done it. They should have known better and like even golf <laughs> was like those guys are doing their job. I mean I, I get Stoney's gotta carry water for the team and the network and all that bullshit, but like it's just been a disaster. I, I don't know. Uh, dude, dude, this year has been such a disappointment. That, that's going to say, that's more, not a disaster. It's been more of a disappointment. Giolito yeah. looks like garbage. I mean, outside of Cease, who you know, was an all-star snub. I mean, and it, it says something when the second best pitcher on the team is Johnny Cueto, and he was a fucking midseason pickup from anybody. could Anybody could have had him. You know. Some dumpster somewhere, you know, whatever. You know, he's pitching better than – granted, Lynn had an injury in Kopech. I mean, I don't know what his deal is. So, it's, it's – What's this not, guy's deal? Yeah. It's not trending in the right direction. Anderson has fallen off the planet. He was, you know, won a batting title. He was doing pretty good in the season, upper – you know, batting upper 300s. And, like, I heard a stat. He was – in his last 44 plate appearances, that he's got five extra base hits four doubles and one home run. I mean, has something a, oh, like happened in his personal life that would have maybe led to yeah. some sort of dysfunction yeah, on the field in some capacity. I wonder, I don't that, know. That could be, yeah. Right. And then I guess it was making on Twitter that like he wasn't flying. Supposedly he didn't fly home with the white Sox when he was serving that suspension, yeah. like was flying commercial or something that that could also be cool. <laughs> Whatever. He was in the back row next to the fucking yeah. stewardess from the Peanuts. I don't think he was flying yeah. commercial, Dave. I think you, he was flying you know, pretty all right. You know, Dave, uh, you, the one positive is Dylan Cease, and that's something sure. that yeah. you pointed out. Uh, yeah. Did you guys see the, uh, he set a, a new MLB record? Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, it was like no. the 13. He said like uh, 13 starts without giving up less than one run or something like that, or... Yeah, Dylan, Dylan Cease has started 13 games in a row, allowing one earned run or less innings in every of those 13 starts. He's He's gone at least six innings. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's pitching out of his mind. Um, and it's a shame that we're wasting that on the season when they'll be lucky to make the fucking playoffs. Uh, that's, I think that's what... That's what's upsetting the most is, you know, he's having a record-setting season, and it's not going to matter for shit because we're going to lose out into the division to the Guardians or the, or the Twins. I mean, they're close enough where they could catch them. Yeah, but, I mean, 
but they, they're losing games that they should be. I mean, they lost the Rangers. Like, the Rangers are terrible. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> That's <laughs> Those are my guys. The, the Rangers are ass. I mean, outside I can of. name you maybe six guys on the team. Outside of hey, Steve, you know who? Who? you can name. And, that's how about, how about uh Dunning, the guy who broke his yeah. dick off in your butt, yeah. guy yeah. former White Sox hand. Yeah, yeah. What? What? All right. Because his name is Dane, and that's a bad name. Dane, Dane Dunning. Yeah, he was yeah, uh, Dane's he was a bad name. Prospect. We gave Dane him Cook? a the Lance Lanson uh, deal. Dallas, what's yes. your favorite Dane Cook joke? Uh, or what is it? This? I don't know. Speaking of yeah, Dane Cook, trying... he's in the hot seat for uh, banging high schoolers. Oh, yeah. shit. How does that kind of nasty? Jake, how'd your kids? Um, You're in California bad. now. How'd your kid? <clears throat> so, yeah, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard, well, my wife is really intrigued by that. And, uh, yeah, it's very, been, very, very odd. Though, isn't it crazy been... how he was so humongous as a comedian? He was that guy, yeah. He was huge. For, he was like the most frat star comedian of all frat star comedians ever. He well, ended up- a, a lot of stuff happened that made yeah. him like fall quick. A lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, his brother stole money from him. Yeah, Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle like apparently bombed his comedy career, um, which Fuck. is actually How'd a funny that? story. Uh, supposedly, the story goes that... Uh, Dave Chappelle, in the height of uh, the Chappelle show, went to a comedy comedy club, and they said they told Dave Chappelle, "This is Dane Cook's night. Like, we need you to do a tight ten minutes." They told Dave Chappelle to go ten minutes. So apparently, he does ten minutes, and then at the end of set, he says, "No, I usually don't do this, but." After my set, I'm gonna go outside. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have some smokes. So I'll take pictures, sign autographs. A bunch of guys come outside. And apparently, everyone just left. Mm. <laughs> so, amongst ca- amongst comed- comedians, Dane Cook's reputation just apparently took a huge hit. As it, I mean, all this other stuff. But now he's fifty, and he's marrying a twenty-three-year-old. He's been dating for. Five years supposedly, so it's dude. I didn't realize. I mean, I guess, and and this is not a this show topic that we normally talk about. You know what? So I'm not even gonna get into it. Fuck it, Jake. Let's just move on. We'll just. All right. So again, that's my Dylan C's point. So Dave, yeah, (laughs) one one positive. All right, we got all the Dane Cook, Dane Cook, Dane High Schoolers. That is maybe one more positive than the Cubs, which I think we should talk about real quick. One player that we have as a podcast really shit on for a long time as kind of a roster space filler has been Jason Hayward. I and was just talking we, a bit about that earlier. As we, as we record today on Monday, Thank they God. announced, well, Jed Hoyer announced that as of the end of the season – they will be parting ways with Jason Hayward, who does have a year left on his contract, but he will be leaving the team after the year's over. Ben, Dallas, you guys, are, you guys are the other Cubs fans. What are your immediate reactions to Jason Hayward not being a Cub anymore? So it's weird. We're running out of 2016, guys. 
Right, but we're also going on seven years since 2016, and that's yeah. kind of what happens is people move on, people leave. Feels like yes. Um, Dave and I were like like Dave mentioned discussing Jason Hayward uh, a little bit earlier. I came to the conclusion that it was okay for the Cubs that we got a World Series out of it. You know, I feel like you get a 10-year window. And maybe if you're a Cubs fan, you get a 15-year window because it's been so fucking long. But you get a 10-year window of after the World Series of, like, you can still live in this bubble for a little bit. We can always look back on 16 and be like, we had that. That was awesome. But now it's starting to get towards the end of that where it's like, okay, we need to start really focusing on building a new bubble and having a new thing. Um, And Jason Hayward being on the team this year to kind of help mold the younger guys, I think, was their plan. Right? Like a Grandpa Rossi-esque moment. Uh, the issue is that you're paying Jason Hayward like $23 million to fucking hit 200 and not really contribute much else. It's hard. It's um, hard I guess maybe, yeah, okay. But I want, you know, maybe a little bit better than that if you're paying him $23 million. But again, I'm the person who's fully on board. Every contract should be worth $100 million. I don't care. Every player should get as much money as they want. So I can't fault Jason Hayward for getting right. paid that much. But it, it always those, those contracts always kind of look ugly at the end. Those you you sign a guy, it's like the pool host on the Angels. You're you're paying the dude, you know, thirty million dollars, and you know you shouldn't be paying him thirty million dollars. Uh, but it's just the nature of the beast. I I we don't win a World Series without him. In sixteen, he played Gold Glove defense. He obviously you know. Dave was joking around about it, you know, to me earlier, but, like, the pep talk at the rain delay, which kind of the Cubs all contributed to sparking the the rally and extra innings and win the World Series. His contributions that year, the Cubs don't win a World Series without it, so I will take any and all bad contracts during this 10-year window as a, as a okay, we did it. That's, you know, we, we kind of eat shit, and you do what you got to do in order to win that World Series. Like, this is what I'm the, the Padres fans are going to feel like in six years. Okay, if they win a World Series now and then they have to start dumping all these pieces and they have nothing left, and you're trotting out the Frank Schwindels of the world and and the Nick Madrigals of the world, like it, it gets a little bare and it gets a little ugly, and that's just what it, that's just the nature of the beast. And I think the Cubs are just in that, uh, and Jason Hayward is just a a piece of that machine that's finally gonna get replaced. Dallas, are you happy he's not gonna be Cub anymore? Related, man. That's the way he's done, but, bro, we're trying to get another one. Gone. Yeah, I think, I think we if I, I think we all agree on that, is that it was we, we shit on the Cubs front office and, the, and really David Ross for keeping him on the bench in the first place, taking up a roster spot. But um, as you said, Ben, he played a critical role that one year, but outside that, it just it, can, can it, I, it's been time. Can I interject in here? Incredible waste I'm of money. Yeah. I'm a numbers guy. I like looking at the numbers and looking at the stats and everything. And like, <clears throat> I got Jason Hayward's stats up here from the Cubs and, and his tenure, and oh. it is it, it's not good. It's no. I, I think he was one of those players that came in with all this potential, even with Atlanta. And it kind of never, I mean, at least from an offensive standpoint, it never came together. Um, 
it, it's just, yeah, I mean, even in that it's, year and six, he won the World Series, he, he batted 230. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we're, yeah, he, what are we no, talking about good. here? Uh, I mean, he, he but gold glove defense, he's bad. Yeah, yeah gold glove defense. I'm taking a gold glove defense for a guy who's in 230. Yeah. So he, he made one all yeah, that's true. All-star appearance. Granted, those aren't the end all be all, but it's a good barometer of talent and whatnot and compared to your you know peers in the league. Can you guys tell me what year he made the all-star team? If I had a guess, uh, I would say, I'm gonna the say year that, before that, the that year. No, I'm gonna say no, 2016. I'd say, say fifteen with the Cardinals. Yeah, no, it, it would have been his his only all-star appearance was in twenty ten, his rookie season. Sick. Oh, that's, that's how you do it, though. dude. He just finessed Ooh. how many teams into paying him thirty million dollars. Fuck it, you know. I, I mean, that's what Finessing I'm saying. Finessing is a game, bro. Finessing I'm not mad at him. Get, 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 your, get you know, get the bag. I'm not. I'm just get saying, you know, he. Yes, defense matters, but when, when you're batting, you know, two thirty. Okay, look at the year. Look at the year in St. Louis. Hold on, hold on. Look at the year in yes. St. Louis because you got his baseball reference up, right? I do. Yes. All right, look up his year in St. Louis, and then I look at the look at the year that he signed that deal with the Cubs. So I know his, his salaries year, are on there too. Correct. So based off of if I'm looking at his stats, that year is the outlier year. That is the freak occurrence. Like he so batted, you have to you, you no, have to pay for him if you're getting. Sure. It. But he batted two ninety three, and his second highest batting average, even sniffing that. Was two seventy one. So I mean, oh. that ninety three was his outlier. How old was he that year? Uh, he was twenty five. Dude, imagine. Okay, you're a GM. A guy who's a Gold Glove All Star or a potential Gold Glove. He had no. He was, yet. He was, he was a Gold Glover. At that point, he'd already. At that point, he'd already had two Gold Gloves. Okay, so he had both of his Gold Gloves at that point and an All Star. Twenty five years old. Batting, coming off of the best year of his career. Obviously, if you're the Cubs, you're paying him a ton of money. That's just what you do. No, 100%. You have to in order to get that player. And then if it gets you a World Series, fine. And then if it leaves you in this barren wasteland of talent and you're looking at the rotting carcass that is his contract, you you got to take it. You have to take it. If it no, gets you a World Series, you do whatever you saying, do. I'm not saying you don't take it, but I'm saying to Jake's point, you're taking up a roster space. You should fuck, He's been done for the last fucking three years you should apparently yeah. according to you he's been done since 2015 yeah. baseball so you're you're paying him anyway so you might as well dump him and see if a roster space i, I mean not, I'm but, not trying to pile I, on jason hayward i mean very good defensively, no. but I, no I mean, and and, and to my point earlier on a different podcast i was saying that i thought the cubs should dump when i was i think advocating for them trading Contreras. And half it was along the premise of letting younger guys get playing time. So getting well, I mean, rid of Hayward fits into that perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I mean so I don't disagree play. with the idea, but he's not playing I mean, at this point. So yeah, whatever. I mean, it's fine. I mean, whatever. It's more so just taking the roster. I mean, granted, if you I mean, if you don't have young talent that he's taking up a spot from anyway, then I guess it doesn't really matter. But you know, it would suck to see someone in the minor leagues not be given a shot because you're committed to you know. Keeping Jason Hayward around, or Jake Taylor, you know, who hasn't been viable in downtown two, Anderson three seasons. Well, yeah, three seasons. Well, I I will say this is that I do like the fact that Jed Hoyer announced this before, like the last, like he he's given Jason Hayward 
Bradley, kind of a, a, a send off. No, for oh, two month goodbye. Yeah. I do, I do like that. That's one mm-hmm. aspect of it I do like, and that the Cubs with a rook with a minor leaguer this year they wouldn't. I mean, they would not be compete like competing. Um, well, okay. So, 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 so in some way, doing it next year is really like you know we're not going to win this year. We're not going to win that much next year. Just let Hayward yeah. have the rest of this year. So I guess in some ways, that's the part I do like. And again, I do have to make this mention because if my wife does listen to this, which she rarely does, but <laughs> if she does, um, for some reason, Jason Hayward has always been one of her favorite players because he is a, a, he is a good guy. He's a dumb. I follow on Instagram, and I I think he's a good dude. I just think, just purely right. from a baseball perspective, it, it's not. I mean, he. I'm looking at his salary, you know, and the Cubs. Man, I didn't realize how much they were paying him. He. he no, I'm. Isn't it twenty five yeah, million, twenty seven million? No, contract, so what? That contract was nuts. Yeah, it was nuts. But to Ben's so point, crazy. he was twenty five, and he was twenty five to come off his best year. But yeah. now, now looking at it, it's a horrible contract. But we'll be done. With, I mean, you could we'll have said done. you could have said the same thing about the Soriano deal, right? Coming off of a 50-50 year or whatever the fuck it was, it was nuts that year with yeah. the Nationals, where he just comes out and he's just crushing. He's MVP. The Cubs are like, "Give us all of that, please." And he's like, "I'll give you maybe some of it, no. whatever I've got left, <laughs> which isn't a whole lot." And then his contract looked like an albatross at the end of that year too. You couldn't get rid of it, you know. Yeah. It was it was up, but I mean that's I kind know. of like what the Cubs do. So, um, but you know what? I want I do want to talk about the or mention one thing the Cubs are doing this week that I think is pretty exciting, even if they're bad. Is that Thursday? Last year, the White Sox had this game, the Field of Dreams game. This year, the Cubs are playing the Reds on Thursday uh, in Iowa for the Field of Dreams game. The surprising thing is the Reds are higher in the standings than the Cubs. Despite going 4-23 mm. to start the season. Exactly. 4-20 fucking 3 to start the year, and they are better now than the Cubs. And they gave away everyone, so... As, since you guys are the resident Cub fans, would you guys, knowing everything that you know now about the season, and someone said, hey, you know, you want to go to the game, would you go to the... Would you buy tickets, drive to the game, you know, buy, you know, beer, food, whatever, some you know, a t-shirt or whatever... And, you know, would you take part of that? Do you think them being as shitty as they are would deter the experience of going for the Field of Dreams and, like, all that type of stuff? No. No, absolutely not. I would go go watch fucking Little League kids play wiffle ball at the Field of Dreams. I think it's more of the experience of being there than who's playing. It's like going to the Super Bowl. If your team's not physically there and invested, I would still go to the Super Bowl just to say I went to the fucking Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying the Field Dream Games is a Super Bowl, but it's the same kind of unique one-off right, experience yeah, that would be fun. 
part yeah. taken. Yeah, exactly. Let's say that. All right. You know what? Let's actually leave the two bad teams in uh, in Chicago. And let's, I'm going to quickly talk about this because last episode we talked about all the trades and we talked about what potential impact there will be. It's been one week since the trade deadline. And uh, some of those players have had some real impacts. Uh, like Luis Castillo has had impact. Trey Mancini in his two first games with with the Astros had three home runs, including a grand slam. Uh, it's on fire. That, surprisingly, I think we all were obviously very high on the Padres uh, with Hitter, Soto, Drury, and Bell. Um, who do you guys think is going to of Luis Castillo, Trey Mancini, and the Padres uh, for some? Who do, you think, who do you think is going to have a good uh, second half? Huh, that's tough. I feel like I, mean, I feel like the Padres just got that much better. I mean, the Padres aren't catching the Dodgers, so I mean, I guess it's more so we'll secure they, that number one wild playoffs. Card. Yeah, they're trying to. I mean, they got. They're, they're basically playing for the wild card at this point, and you know. I, I think, I mean, I think that's that's a huge, huge get. I mean, Soto is obviously a generational player. I mean, I'm not a big hater fan, uh, so fuck him. But um, <laughs> Josh Bell is good. Uh, hater yeah. doesn't like Josh Bell, though, probably. <laughs> probably not. No, no uh, real reason why, just a hunch. Uh, the Mancini thing, I guess, I, I think he'll be a good, you know, a good fit, but the Astros were already so good to begin with. I mean. Right. Isn't it crazy that they're so good? I expected such a drop off from them. I remember talking about it while we were doing our West preview, and obviously Why? They, being, Why? they got Jordan. They lost Correa. Bregman sucks this year. They got Tucker. Bregman sucks this year. I also didn't expect Verlander to be the fucking what number? He's either he's, number one I or mean, number two. And Cy he, Young, he's forty yeah, years old. That's crazy. Like I, I Dude, it's got to be Kate Upton. It's got to be Kate Upton. She's giving him superpowers or something. Yeah, or, or vitality. Something. Yeah, that's crazy. The type Dude, of good for him. That's all I'm saying. Good for him. You know, good for him looking like that, begging that. Good for him. Um, <laughs> no, dude, it's, you know, I, I Jake, when we talked about our trade deadline uh, last week, I said the most important and impactful trades were the other guys that the Padres yeah. got. So the Josh yeah. Hader and the Brandon Drury's. Um, and I think they're going to go as far as the rest of the team goes. Because you know mm-hmm. what you're going to get out of Soto. He's immediately contributing, you know, walking a million times already over the weekend and yeah. doing what he does best, uh, getting on base. And Tatis is, hasn't even played yet. He's coming back. Or he hasn't played in a while. He's coming back soon. Yeah. Um, and then it's going to take a little bit of time to get them all back and playing together and, and seeing how that works. But I th- I just think that they're too talented to not easily clinch that, that playoff spot, that, that wild card. Um, I think it would be fun if Mancini is able to keep up and, and continue being a contributing factor on that Astros team, like Dave said, that has so much talent. Um, but I, I, I'm just so down on the Mariners. I don't really care about the Mariners. You know, I didn't care about the Mariners last when we talked about the West before. Dal- Dallas, Dal can lick, Dal can lick my <laughs> butt cheeks, um, but 
Uh, yeah, so I'm just, I, I think the, the most important thing is the other guys on the Padres still. That's my, that's my piece. All right. God bless. Quick, yeah, quick insert of what, has any, what, what are Machado's numbers looking like? What kind of season is he having? Is he playing a role in anything they're doing or no? You have baseball yeah. reference six inches from your face, don't you? I, I, yeah. <laughs> He's oh. he he started off the year very like very hot and then he's he cooled off but he's still a, um like top five MVP like for for the most part from what I've saw, seen is that he's still putting up numbers he's still leading the team um I don't know his exact average or on base oh, or yeah. anything two 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 eighty nine I mean nineteen home runs. 60 RBI. Solid. I mean, yeah, he's a star. I mean, he's an all-star. I mean, yeah. Well, those yeah. guys are always going to get voted in. Uh, well, Jake, he, what stadium he, are you closest to now? Uh, I'm closest to Dodger Stadium. Oh, sick. You gonna you going in again? Uh, no. Cool. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will mention that later, but um, but no, uh. Dodger Stadium is close, and then it's uh, Angel Stadium, and then uh, Petco is, uh, it's not that far. It's like two hours, so it's not far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, so I'm, I would be the most interested in the Padres, um, but we'll see. It's going to be good baseball, for sure. Well, speaking of, you know, trades, are, are you guys, as Cubs fans, are you guys shocked? That happened. Contreras didn't get moved when it seems like those guys are not part of the Cubs' future going forward. Like, do you well, wish Dave, they, I just want to. I just want to start moved? off. Who said? I want to start off by saying thanks for uh, thanks Thank for, for thanks for listening and watching. Thanks yeah. for tuning in weekly, last like week. uh, when we discussed this <laughs> yeah, last week. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think I think Awkward we were all kind of turtle. surprised by it, right? I think that was kind of the overall consensus because it was the day of that we recorded was the day that the trade deadline happened. So it was all kind of like a bit surprising. You were kind of wild, you know, waiting for the dust to settle and, and figure out what was going on. But I think disappointed um, in some of us, but maybe happiness in the other, that we got to keep them around. I don't know. It was a, it was kind of a mixed, mixed bag, mixed feeling, I think, all around. I think it's... I think it either shows that the front office is totally incompetent which they could be <laughs> very easily or that the cubs genuinely um they put a high value on those players and they did not get the return they wanted um which makes it seem like they value those guys more i even though jed hoyer has said that's the case i'm pretty sure the Cubs wanted like two or three, you know, top twenty prospects or something, and they they couldn't get it. They just weren't as fast making the move. I think it's just uh, so. I'm happy because those are the Cubs' two best players, and now it would make sense that to keep them and try to try to sign them to something, but uh. I'm I'm not surprised that the front office didn't make a move because as of right now the Cubs front office doesn't want to make moves, so um, I'm happy. But 
I'm not surprised they're like they're bad at their jobs. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um. Yeah, so that's actually an awesome else I wanted to touch on uh, either later in the episode or just next time was that uh, Jetor has said that he wants to, the two top priorities for the Cubs in the offseason is to have new contracts, at, you know, whether it's a qualifying offer for, for Contreras or possibly extend HAP. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but either way, again, I'm just not. I wouldn't be surprised if they let both those guys go or trade them or whatever. I don't think. Do we still have? I know Contreras is up for free agency, but is Hap under contract for another year? One more yeah. year. Cause we, yeah. yeah, so we can still trade Hap and then probably lose Contreras, but hopefully get a compens- you know, compensatory pick. Yeah, I don't think I think the Cubs will offer a qualifying offer. I don't think oh, okay. if they if they wanted to receive one draft pick for Contreras, I think they would have traded him for like a prospect. Yeah, but yeah, that would that would did, be a that would be a big disappointment if they looked at it. But, but they didn't, so I think they will I think the the Cubs will offer Contreras a qualifying offer. They'll keep him for the year, and I mean, I think uh, it. I think it'll be the same thing next trade deadline. That's really what I think. Yeah, hmm. probably. I mean, either way, um, but something another player who was not moved at this trade deadline. Not surprisingly, but I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about the reasoning why. Is that one player who was uh, rumored to be on the trade block was Shohei Otani. He was rumored uh, 12, apparently, according to sources, 12 teams called about possibly trading for him. But one uh, baseball executive is quoted as saying that Art Marino, the owner of the Angels, is, quote, afraid of trading Shohei Otani. And uh, the reasoning is that uh, the fan the fan base uh, kind of revolting as you know as little of a fan base as they have, or just being known as like you know the GM who sold Babe Ruth. Um, that's essentially what it, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. That's essentially what it is. But but with that, knowing how bad the Angels are, do you think Shohei Otani will be an Angel? In, in 14 months, which is when his contract, well, when he's able to be a free agent, do you think he will be going back to the Angels at some level, or do you think he's he's gone? No, oh, I think he's gone. Absolutely, he's gone. Whether they decide to trade him or wait him out for the 18 months, let him hit free agency, he's going to make a billion fucking dollars. He's going to make whatever Soto makes on his next contract, right, which is going to be a ton. Otani's gonna make more. You have to pay Otani more. You know what I mean? You just you just have to. He's a better player. He's he's the best player in baseball. Um, I think it makes sense why you'd be afraid to trade Shohei Otani because you don't want a repeat of Babe Ruth. You don't want that like stigma around your franchise of like, oh, these are the dickheads who you know traded Shohei. 
<clears throat> but at the same time, business sense, it makes a lot of sense to trade Shohei. If you're they not going to win, get, which you've shown they, zero, they would get they would get so many draft picks and dude, they would just dump starters. their entire minor league and just hand it over. Like you want all three teams, we'll just give you our triple A, double A, and single A team. Just take them, <laughs> do whatever you want with them. Um, no, he 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 does. He would demand so much that, from a business sense, it would make a ton of sense for the Angels to do it. But I get the apprehension as to why you wouldn't. Um, if I was in the Angels' position, I would trade him probably in the off season, or when I feel like the market is at its best that I could get the most. Because you're going to get a ton anyways. But wait until the team's really desperate, and then maybe you can get even more. Does that make sense? I mean, every but, team is desperate for a Shohei. Sure. Like when you said that twelve teams called, it should have been thirty teams calling, or every team but the Angels calling. The White Sox called. We're gonna offer a couple, couple dozen baseballs. Uh, well, yeah, up here, and, and up some here. of those guys who play the drums under the viaduct <laughs> over, over by the cell. Well, apparently, apparently the Cubs also called. So, I mean, oh shit, let's go. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. No, it's not happening. But of course, I'm not. just saying that the offers, the calls, are not really gonna do much. Um, but Ben and Dave, will he be an angel long term? Yes or no? Uh, no. I think they're a loser franchise. I, I don't think so. I think he's. I think Ben brought up the point I was talking. We were talking earlier about it. it. You know, he seemed like he wants to win, and you know, the Angels looks like for the foreseeable future aren't going to win anything. And so I think he's going to be the opposite of Trout in the sense that he just doesn't want to, you know, a major contract just to be on a shitty team. Like Trout can be content. Being a you know one of the best players in baseball, you know past and present, you know future, and his team just sucking ass, or you know I, I don't know if I necessarily get that vibe from Otani. I think Otani is going to want to go to a contender and try to you know prove something and you know want to win something, but you know. So Ben, what do you think is you know? No, I'd say no. I think he's absolutely going to get uh, get traded at some point. It, it would make too much sense not to. Or no. What am I trying to say? It would be stupid not to. Um, especially with the amount that you could get for him. And like you said, 18 months. I mean, the Angels are one of the teams that could probably afford to pay a max contract or, you know, We'll use the term a max contract, but a Otani level contract because they are in Los Angeles. Art Moreno's a very rich man. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. It could absolutely happen, but I just don't see it. I think, you know, to Dave's point, he and I were having that conversation earlier. I just think Shohei's more in the business of winning and he's going to want to play on a contender. Um, and the Angels aren't that. So. Though I do see the flip side. I mean, I feel like from a GM's perspective, I do, I would want to keep Otani because he's going to put excuse me, he's going to put fans in the seats. I mean, even more so, you know, when Trout you know starts to decline at some point, you think Otani you know is going to have a little bit you know more of a longer you know reign at the top now, whereas Trout is still you know considered one of the top dogs, but like he's got to start going. You know, he's going to start declining at some point. I mean, he only plays 120 games a year, maybe. And True. He's trapped so injured as it is. So I mean, basically, so you, I mean, I mean, so you, I mean, you would have to think if Trout's on his way down, 
are the, do the angels want to you know give up everything they have i mean what i mean other than paying you know rendon still paying him fucking 100 million dollars <laughs> be hurt all the time i mean finesse finesse baby they, what else do they have i mean other than yeah other than you know a big check checkbook yeah i mean it would make sense to trade him if you wanted to win with like kind of like the Cubs in some ways if you wanted to win in five years trade him if you don't care about winning because you're going to make money either way right yeah, yeah. So, so um I, I I just don't think though I think they're really really afraid of being of being the team that traded Shohei, like the Red Sox. You know, do you want? I'm not saying it. They're like the Red Sox at this point, but do you want like a Fenway or a Boston Curse, Curse the Bambi? You know, but now you have Curse of Shohei or something. Like, do you want that kind of stigma no, sure. to last? He's definitely because he, he's a generational talent. I mean, it'll be another fifty something plus years before you have another. In, you know, Dude, you might never see another player. You know, but yeah. Hey, I mean, the Cubs just drafted Kate Horton. All right, he's the next show head. Okay? There he is. Yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah. What do you guys say about he, that, Dave? He can hit, and he's the best pitcher in college baseball. He's definitely show head. Show head. Show head. Show head light. Show head light. Show head white. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, show head light. Show head white. All right, so, you know, for one team that has a very low attendance with the Angels, I do want to ask this because this was news Saturday. You saw something, I personally, I've never seen. Tell me if you guys have seen this. The stadium in Baltimore was packed. It was sold out. Have you guys ever seen that? Other than Cal Ripken setting a record uh, in 1995. Without the home run derby. Or that dope-ass home run derby. Outside of special events, no. The answer is no. All right, so... The, the you know that was big that was kind of big news and it kind of it even made natural national news of which is kind of sad and funny at the same time but the question i have is that the orioles are actually in they're in fourth place in their division but they're doing they're over 500 they're this is the latest in the year they have a winning record i feel like in two or three decades but the question is it kind of came down to a bit to a baseball philosophy question is that um is the question will dave's dog shut the fuck up the answer is no no way (laughs) all right i mean i'm i'm glad it's not my uh, mother-in-law's dog so fair on that We'll take it. Right. All right, so the 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 baseball philosophy question is: Would you rather have attendance feed the team's success, you know, financially, or would you rather have a team put up the finances and then the fans show up? Kind of those two uh, ideas are like the Cubs, the Astros, now the Orioles. But kind of historically, putting up finances and then attendance kind of follows. 
It's like the Red Sox, Yankees, in some ways that now it's currently the the Dodgers, but also like the Cardinals. So what what do you what would you say is the the best baseball philosophy if you're a GM to prioritize attendance or to prioritize team success first? Ben, what do you think on that? I mean, the logical, or at least what's logical in my brain is be good on the field, everyone will show up to watch your product, right? That's kind of the way I think of it. I think about it. Like, that's what I, I, I initially I was leaning towards. But then I also like the idea of, of like, the uh, Barnum and Bailey, like, the circus aspect. Get people drawn in. doesn't matter what you put on the field. As long as they walk through that gate, you have their money. You've won. They buy a hot dog, you've won. They buy a soda, you've won. You, they buy a, a replica jersey for $700 or whatever that shit is, you win. You know what I mean? Every single time as an owner, you win the moment those people walk through the turnstile. So it depends on, on I guess, your grander philosophy. Are you built more on hard work or are you built more – not that you know being a showman isn't hard work, but are you built more on flash? Are you built, are you built more on sizzle or are you built more on steak? That's, that's what I'm getting at. And for me personally, I would rather build with the stake. I'd rather have a great foundational team built on success that translate into people wanting to come watch them as opposed to having like a three-ring circus. Dave, what do you think? Well, I think you're coming at it from two different angles. If you're coming at it from like a sports fan, like sports management, like genius, you know, like a coach perspective, you obviously want the team to be better, you know, the on-field to be better but if i'm coming at it from a gm if i own a team i'm gonna go with what's gonna make me the most money so i mean i would definitely the three ring circus bringing people in you know them buying stuff is gonna fatten my pockets and if that's my ultimate goal is to make the most money i can then i would definitely go that versus having you know great if you have a great team if not i mean whatever but if your ultimate goal is to try to make more money then you know you, you would go that route, the flashy route, and then forget the on-the-field shit. Who cares? I mean. So. Oh, the Reinsdorf approach. <laughs> not even. I would feel like, it'd be more like it, it's more like, you know, prior to the Cubs winning the World Series, I, I think it was more, it, you know, this kind of falls. They kind of fell on this model. Like, the Cubs sucked for years. They were, the, on, yeah, I mean, they might have had Sosa or, you know, a player here or there, but in a large part, the on the field was trash, but everyone's the Cubs still sold out because of Wrigley Wrigley Field, the atmosphere, Wrigleyville, and you know all that stuff. So I, I mean, and true. that was able to you know they were able to generate enough revenue and money from that to then put into the baseball side to then go out and get you know these players and you know eventually win a World Series at some point. So I think I mean you kind of need. I feel like you kind of need a lot of cooks. Yeah, you need a lot of cooks yeah. in that kitchen because I think you could try that same success, Dave, in Kansas City. Well, Kansas City just won a World Series recently, so let's exclude them. Think of another bum franchise that hasn't won in a while. Think of the Reds, right? Historic franchise, tons of tons of past success. You could be that. You could try to be the Reds where you just are okay. You're not spending money. You're not doing whatever like the Cubs were doing, banking on. Whatever, just dicking with Sosa for 20 years or whatever that was, and then just kind of riding it out for so long, banking on the fact that you could have a franchise like that. But Cincinnati isn't the draw that Chicago is. No, the Reds can't get yeah. the sellout no. on a Tuesday against the right. Rockies 
the way the Cubs can because Chicago is not, or because Cincinnati is not Chicago. You know what I mean? Right. So that only works, I feel, if you have a built in, built in, in an environment where it's built to succeed right. like For that. Sure. And that's kind of like a dual-edged sword because then the Cubs can get away with having an owner who isn't spending money on the team because he can get away with the fact that people are just going to flock Correct. to the baseball it's more, field. It's more of a, it's also, I mean, it's part baseball fan, part destination, part tourist track, you know, tourists want to come in and go see a game at Wrigley Field yep. and all that shit. So, I mean, the, the Cubs are kind of in a win-win scenario, whereas, I mean, yes, if they put a great product on the field, people are going to be there, they're going to sell out, you know, whatever. Whereas if the, the team does suck, they're still going to sell out. They're still going to be on national TV. They're still going to have, you know, Wrigley Field and, you know, Wrigleyville and all that shit. So, I mean. Plus you, that WGN money for the longest time was helping yeah. grow yeah. grow the Cubs' success in, in so many ways with that, you know, national broadcasting just contract to just air all over the, the country. Right. I mean, so the Cubs are the perfect, you know, example. Like, I feel like, you know, Cubs owner – Ship and management would have to go out of their way to like fuck up the cup. Like, I mean, it, <laughs> they have to actively try to sabotage yeah, the I mean, team, right? I mean, Major league tr- style. Like, start you turning could, off the cold you, showers. Start turning you off. Could, the... You argue that they're doing that a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, you know, you know, I think it's a nuanced question. This was actually asked uh, of me. Um, I think it's a nuanced question because we actually are seeing that currently with the Mets. And mm. they are in in a market and they have an owner who's like the, the richest owner and it's the market is New York. So they can spend the money. But like the Reds or like the Pirates, of course they're still rich. But they're not Steve Cohen rich. No. Mm-mm. And... As you said, Ben, they're not going to draw someone on Tuesday afternoon. But in in fairness, there aren't many afternoon games anymore. Most games are at night. So in some ways, that's not really even a, a thing anymore. That's like maybe a game or two a week. But that's not really going to be your main draw. That, sure. I mean, that was mm-hmm. really draw. But um, so unless you have a... Uh, a sold out fan base, uh, like again, in my opinion, the Cubs have a sold out fan base who will show up no matter what. And we've done that for years now. So, and they have the money, so why not spend money? Like, you have well, then, fans. Yeah. Well, because and, that money also looks a lot better in my pocket than. Than it does looking in someone else's pocket, I'll tell you that much. I mean, I, you get you get that cynicism, that that ownership side of it, right? I mean, it makes total sense because if I was like, "Hey, give me money," you're gonna be like, "Hey, fuck you! I want my money." Well, why would these super rich people be any different than me, not wanting to give you money? You know what I mean? So, like, I get that. And to your point, why if you're so rich, if you're gonna make the investment of buying a sports team, yeah. I feel like it should be. From a place of love, like you love sports, you want to watch this team succeed and grow. Where most of these guys are, and that's the problem is most of these guys are buying sports teams because they're money factories. Because you can just put, I'll put in $2 billion, I'll buy the Cubs, 
oh, and I'll make $40 billion a year because that's what the Cubs are worth or whatever ludicrous right. money, you, you know, monetary. So my thing would be like, so you would have to find an ownership. Like, I feel like you've got owners that are like that where they're thinking this is an investment. I want to return on my investment. I'm investing, like you said, $2 billion. I want to make, you know, $40 billion off of it. But I feel like you do, then you have those owners like Mark Cuban who does give a shit about winning and like, you know, it's not oh, necessary. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He's got money invested in so many other things. Like this isn't his only so you know source of income. So like, he's well. That's how a lot of these guys are. I mean, do you think? Do you think the Cubs owner Ricketts? I mean, he was just trying to buy one of those goddamn, you know, European soccer Chelsea, teams. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea, and not like some bum one, like like a like a real one. He was trying to buy them. I mean, that that costs real money. That's not no, like, yeah, yeah, you know, chump change. Like I was talking, we were talking about the Warriors. I think maybe last week, or I was thinking yeah, of. The Warriors yeah. owner, who's only like worth one and a half billion dollars, not wanting to go into luxury tax, and they were like clowning him because he's only worth one and a half billion dollars. But that that shows the discrepancy is like Steve Cohen. Let's just say he makes fifteen billion dollars. Like that is so much more money than one and a half billion dollars, which is so much more money than what we make. And it's crazy that if you're the Ricketts family and you have X amount of dollars, there's no reason why you can't be spending it. There's no there's no reason why if you're Jerry Reinsdorf and you own two goddamn sports franchises in the same city that you can't put a better product on the field. You can't pay people what they deserve to make. Chicago's weird about that. Chicago's weird. The Yankees, New York, Steinbrenner, it's been a, it's been a, just a thing. Like, hey, fuck it. Throw money at it. Let's, build, nah, let's nah, just nah. buy a team. The Dodgers are doing the same thing right now. Padres are doing the same thing right now. And you know, see if it works, but I've I've actually reached out to uh, some LA sports uh, like outlets and and fans out here since I've been here, and I know the common narrative is that the Dodgers have really spent a lot of money, and I would say Freeman, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, um, all that. But if you really do look at their roster, most of that did come up through the Dodgers farm system. So, like Kershaw, Walker Buehler, one time it was Corey Seager. Um, Bellinger. Corey, Cody Bellinger. Um, they Bob signed Justin Turner Will. when he was a bum. So Basically, they so, turned him into being great. Yeah, so in, in some ways, the Dodgers are the kind of mix I feel like you really want. The Dodgers will spend money on big names but they also will have a solid prompt system that will, you know, you'll have one or two players every year that will come up. Yeah, they can, like, can, can they dance I mean, in. Yeah, can they dance in? Another, another perfect example, yeah. I mean, the, the point being is that, you know, where I live uh, right now is uh, right outside L.A. When I say right outside, L.A. is pretty big, but um, I live in Rancho Cucamonga. I know I'm putting myself out there, but doxing yourself. Uh, yeah, who cares? <laughs> no, no one cares. All right. So in Rancho Cucamonga, they actually have the single A affiliate for the Dodgers, which is the hat I'm wearing. The uh, their the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, and they have banners. I went to a game last week. They have banners of all the star players that went through the Quakes together. And uh, it's pretty interesting, and that's actually going to be my last point. But the Dodgers are the good mix. I feel like what we're all really saying is that you want people who are willing to spend money, 
are, are going to draft well. They are going to make profit. They are going to care that they're competing. So, yeah, my last think, little thing about this, and I promise I'll shut up, is to your point, though, the Dodgers are the perfect franchise because they're willing to spend money on the things that help build that same right. minor league system that you're talking about. If they can build a stronger infrastructure where they know that their recruiters, or, or not recruiters, but their uh, scouting talent is top-notch, and they know that they have their farm system like entrenched in place, they have a great coaching staff, they know exactly the kind of culture, who the kind of players they want, if you can have that, I think that goes a long way to your point. Yeah. You know, Ben, when you, uh, when we, I texted you about some ideas for the uh, for the podcast, you said something about the uh, football season. Do you want to say something about football starting up again? Yeah. Um, football is obviously coming back. <clears throat> this is the most excited I've been for a football season in a long time. Excluding Why? the Bears. I know the Bears are going to be ass. And you know, so I'm gonna uh, bear down. I'm gonna be mad. 17 weeks this year, I know for a fact. Even that games they win, I'm gonna be mad because they're never gonna blow a team out. They're never just gonna come out in the first quarter. You know, Fields throws three touchdowns and the Bears are up 21-3 at the end of the first quarter, and you're like, what the fuck happened? That's you know not gonna happen. Um, but I'm excited about fantasy. You know, I got a couple fan. I got three three big fantasy leagues this year. Um, really excited about that. And it's just. This is the la- last weekend was the last yeah last weekend was the last weekend without either college or pro sports until f- or college or pro football until February, so we were in it for the long haul. Um, and this is a baseball heavy podcast, but I will be giving updates on the Bears as we go forward, and my fantasy team. So, teams. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of my hot take, but I think. Football is the most boring, boring sport out there. Isn't that crazy, Dave? What a, what a, what a crazy man. I I put on on Sundays to take a nap. <laughs> That's it. Dude, I can't wait to take that first Sunday nap. When you got mm-hmm. a little chilly in you. Yeah. The noon <laughs> games are the noon games are over, and you're waiting for the the, the second half yeah, of games. like that four o'clock game to kick off, and you're just fat and you're full. And you've had a couple beers, you know what I mean? And life is just good. You hear that Fox jingle come on? And you're like, fuck me up. It's time. That's what I'm waiting for, yeah. Yeah, baby. You don't even need to give me chili. I'll just be asleep by the first, like, drive of the game. Oh, that's perfect. Perfect ambient for you. Yeah, pretty much. I did... I mentioned this a second ago. So this past week, I did go see the single-A affiliate for the Dodgers, the, the Quakes. And have you guys ever heard of the story, Padre for Life? The story, Padre for Life? There, there, was, a, there was a story that got really big a couple years ago. From It was a new story that came out of the Quakes. It was something, up, uh, the quote was... Uh, he's a Padre for life. Have you guys ever heard of that story? No. I would assume it's something about Tony Gwynn, but I, I have no idea. No. So uh, apparently, this is in 1996. There was a Quakes single A uh, player. Like at the time, the Quakes were a Padres single A affiliate. 
another Dr. Sickley. Actually, interesting fact is that the year before they became a Dr. Sickley affiliate, they were the Angels affiliate. Jeez. And who was who was drafted in 2010? Mike Trout. Mike Trout was a Rancho Cucamonga Quake at one point. I, I had no idea. Either way, the point being is that in 1996, there was a pitcher for the Quakes who, in a bullpen session, right before the game, he had a heart attack. Oh, wow. And, and after his heart attack, he had a brain injury because he lost oxygen to his brain. Does that story ring a bell a little bit? Someone who had heart troubles, getting a brain injury, anyway. I wonder who. So, I in, so in 1996, he has heart attack, he has brain injury, and then every year since then, the Padres have signed him to a minor league baseball contract solely so that he can keep his health insurance. Wow. That's great. So, I actually, the, now that you mentioned it, that, that story does sound familiar, but that's one of the best things I've heard ever. So the Padres organization solely signs this this guy who, again, didn't play super long for the Padres uh, minor leagues, but they sign him every single year to a one-year deal so that he can keep his health insurance, uh, which obviously for a heart attack and he's wheelchair-bound now and has a hard time uh, walking, speaking, all that stuff. Um, he is allowed, he has health insurance through the Padres. And uh, I think that's one story that in the midst of us talking about owners being greedy and wanting to make profit, that's one story that you can, no. you can kind of point to and be like, that's cool. For yeah, sure. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a class, class act. Yeah. I mean, because it cost them so little. What's a what's a minor league contract? Real? Let's just say, let's just ballpark it. They gave him a hundred grand a year. No. Like that's amazing for him, a, and it costs the owners literally next to nothing. You know what I mean? Like that's that's fantastic. That more whatever. We're not going to get into it. More ownership should do something like that. That's an amazing story. Yeah. So as I moved out here, I forgot that story. But when I went there, my wife reminded me because she's from the LA area. She reminded me of that story, and I was like, I'm immediately a Quakes fan. I know they're in my town, but I'm like, I'm going to support a team that supports a guy through the rest of his life. Um, so I thought that was an interesting story just to relay. And I'm wearing the Quakes hat. If you guys are watching on YouTube, I'm wearing the Quakes hat. But I'm not allowed to buy any more hats because I have run out of space. So. You got to put on a list? You put on the uh, on the don't buy hat list, dude. I I have a list just ready in case I want to throw out, throw out one of these hats. <laughs> just ready. So. Yeah, no, that's an amazing story though. I uh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's, yeah, more more teams need to do that. If you, if you guys are at all interested, uh, just look up Matt Lechaba Padres. Uh, even if you spell it wrong, they'll get it right. Padre for life. Um, it's a great story. So, this is usually the end of the episode where we have our soapbox time. And Dave, I know this is your first time, so I'm going to let Ben go first. And Ben has a grievance he wants to share, so I'm going to let him vent. 
I sure, I sure do. So, I spent this past weekend in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now, this is the second time. Uh, Dave, if you don't know Milwaukee, which I know you don't, is a city <laughs> in Wisconsin that uh, there are some sports teams there. You know, they, they, they do some fun stuff. I'll let you Google it. You, you can find out all about it. <clears throat> but, uh, so we were there for this weekend. We had a fabulous time with... Um, my wife's friends, and, you know, Friday we went out to a uh, Mexican restaurant. We had some, like, a, it was like one of those fusion upscale Mexican restaurants where they put weird shit in tacos, but it was still tacos. Right. It was fine. Beautiful. It was good. It was good. Um, we hung out Friday. It was great. We went out to a couple of different breweries Saturday. We had a really nice time. I load the car up. I'm packing. I'm getting ready to leave Sunday morning, and I find out they busted out my god darn windows in my car who, so they smashed out they? the front i don't know dude but i have a picture i'm not even kidding i can send it to you there is so this young lady who was uh in an apartment building across like the sidewalk from where it happened from where my car got broken into heard the noise so she gets her phone out takes a picture you can see this guy's legs sticking out of the back window of my car while he's dangling trying to get in and then apparently it was a group of four guys so two spotters one person who actually smashed in, into the car and one person who went in to, like, dig for shit. And apparently there's a thing in Milwaukee about guns where they can let people drive around with your gun, carry your gun, but you can't bring your gun into a bar. And since we were parked and we were our Airbnb was, like, near the bars, people break into cars thinking people left their guns in the car. Mm. So not only does it speak to the crime issue in the country... But it speaks to the gun issue in the country. And somebody owes me a new goddamn window. Okay? So you the only car that got broken into? No, there was another car behind me. Mm. And then some people came out of the house and, like, shouted at him to stop. So, thankfully, it was only two of us and only – and, you know, we were, we were number one. You know, Miami Weiss, number one new show. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, so, no, so yeah, so I, now I you wanted, hate Milwaukee. Yeah, no, fuck Milwaukee forever. Um, I'll never go back. Um, actually, I would. It was, it was a marvelous time. Yeah, they won't. Milwaukee, they won't. Um, we had, you know, cheese curds are obviously incredible. So you know, my fat ass will be eating those, but I will not be happy about it. Fuck you, Milwaukee. All right, so Dave, last episode, uh, they Ben and Dallas let me know that they call you Milwaukee, Dave. Do you have any side of the story that you want yeah. to Yeah. So we were supposed to go <laughs> to Milwaukee on like a trip or something for the weekend. And I ended up not going because I, I can't remember if I had a doctor's appointment or one of my kids had a doctor's appointment. Mm. And I ended up not being able to go last minute. So mm. I have yet right. to. So is the kids, uh, huh? So I, I have yet to uh, go to Milwaukee. And it, it's. Sounds like per Ben's, uh <laughs> As long as someone else fucking drives, I don't mind going, but goddamn, dude, I don't want my window busted out. Not missing much in Milwaukee. Dude, so well, the cop, when the police officer came to take our statement, I'll make this real quick because I know we're running along. You're fine. When he shows up to take our ticket, he goes, yeah, this is the seventh one of these I've had this morning. And it was maybe 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. So this is obviously a problem in Milwaukee that this is like a, a thing. That he goes every morning till about 1 o'clock. I fill out nothing but incident reports 
on on uh, smashed out windows yes. or stolen cars. So don't drive to Milwaukee. Take a bus, Uber, walk, and you'll have a great time. Don't leave your car there. All right, fair. Um, Dave, when this got brought up last week, they could not recount the reason that you did not go to Milwaukee. So I think we're just going to blame the crime. Yes, it's the crime. Milwaukee's, it's the crime. Yeah. That's it. All right, so so Dave, usually, as you can tell, Ben just had a soapbox time where he got to talk about whatever he wanted, and now he hates Milwaukee. Is there anything in this past week that you want to have some soapbox time to talk about? Uh, can't really think of anything other than, like I said, I kind of went on a rant earlier about the Sox being a disappointment. Other than them... Not much. I don't know. I'll have to, you know, think about it for next time. Yeah, your next time you can. Yeah, I have to. I have to come better prepared with a, a soapbox. <laughs> oh, I mean, you should. No, I know what Dave's soapbox is. It's R.I.P. Olivia Newton-John. Oh yes, that's yeah. So if you didn't know, Olivia Newton-John, who played Sandy in Grease, died today, which Grease is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, so that that wow. sucks. I love that movie. I don't know, dude. She is an absolute Why? dime in that movie too. I like. I like. I like, I like musicals. She, and, she's thirty. You know. I love musicals. She's thirty in that movie in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. She's a hot thirty-year-old. I, I mean, that, that's kind of the thing that's going on now. They have all these, you know, twenty-six-year-olds playing high schoolers. So. Dude, that, yeah. shit's, that shit's always been a thing. It's like if you have a young enough face, they're like, hey, we can get away with you playing high school. Can you grow, can you grow yeah. a 5 o'clock shadow? No? Cool. High school kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean, even Stranger Things has kids that are like 29. So. Yeah, that's um, true. But, yeah. So, R.I.P. R.I.P. Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of musicals as well, but I won't go on and uh, uh, spend my time on that this week. Um, my my soapbox time I want to share. My daughter's first day of school was today. In oh, Southern cool. California, it's in where we live, it's over 100 degrees. I'm just like, what? When we were... Back in our day, we didn't start school this early, let alone it being this hot. Definitely not. My, my, my stupid soapbox point is, can we just make either school year-round, or can we make school the school year shorter? That's it. I, I, that's my parent moment. I'm just like... Let them go year-round or just stop make, making them go this early. It feels like it's getting earlier and earlier. And now I'm starting to sound like my dad um, <laughs> complaining, so I'm just going to stop there. Now you have to go Yeah, now you have to go out in the front lawn with your headphones on and cut the grass <laughs> for 12 hours. I mean, there's no then, grass then here. Be, I was going to say, then you'll be your dad for sure. Oh no, I'm not I'm not going outside in this in the seat cutting That's any grass. Wow. Uh so Dave, next time just Yeah, I'll have whatever. something. I'll have something so, cute. 
<laughs> All right, so that's actually going to wrap up episode 35 of the On Family Based podcast. My name is Jake. I am Ben. I'm David, special guest. Special guest, Dave, uh, came in and Dallas just dropped off. So I don't yeah. know where he's at, but. <laughs> Hopefully he's guys, uh, alive. If somebody, if somebody sees him before we do next week, let us know. Yeah, if you guys are listening and you're like, "Where's Dallas?" We have no idea. So, <laughs> either way, but that's right, so that's professionalism, you, baby. We just picked it up and kept running with it. Didn't even yeah. didn't even miss a beat. Didn't even address it. Dallas, who? All right, who? All right. So again, that's episode thirty-five. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for watching, listening, subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm Eden. Thanks for watching this episode of my dad's podcast. Check out the links in the description to follow the podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and other and the other social media. Make sure you like and subscribe. And hit the bell to let you know when there's a new episode. Thanks for watching and, li- and or listening. Bye. Bye.